Hello, witches and wanderers. My name is Missa. And my name is Katie, and welcome to the Baby Witch Podcast. All right, well, hello, Katie. What are you up to, my dear friend? Missa, I have, you know, had a bit of a busy couple days. Um, We had the lovely full moon on Thursday, and I took the opportunity to drive up to this uh, overlook on a mountain and watch the moon rise. And then yesterday I got to go do yoga at Red Rocks and it was really lovely and grounding doing yoga outside because the wind was blowing and the sun was shining down and I could hear um, like hummingbirds buzzing by as we were doing yoga. And it was, it was very nice. That sounds lovely. I should mention that we are recording this um shortly after the August full moon so by the time people hear this I think it'll be like three weeks later (laughs) Mm -hmm. so that's why there was just a full moon if you're thinking hey wait a minute the full moon's next week Uh, what about you what have you been up to I have um so I have a kind of a little tradition ritual that I try to keep for myself that I um read at least one book between every full moon um because I got into a habit of not reading at all I it took me like six months to finish a book that should have taken me three weeks. So this full moon, again, we're recording this at the middle of August. Um, I started reading Basic Witches by, I don't have the book with me. I can't think of their names. Uh, but so I've just been reading that pretty much all weekend. It's really an easy, simple read. I don't know if you've read it at all. I haven't read it, but if you say it's good, I'll, I'll take your word for it. But yeah. I would say it's, it's very, very beginner. So if you're a very, very beginner witch, especially if you're a younger witch, like maybe high school or just out of high school, it's probably good for you. It's kind of, some of the stuff in there is not stuff that I would use for myself. Um, you know, it's about getting friends and, and love spells and kind of finding your own as an adult. And I pretty much am satisfied with who I am as an adult, but that's just what I've been doing all weekend. So I'll probably finish that book this week and move on to the next one. Oh, nice. That's good. So done with that before the new moon even. Yeah, that'll be exciting. And then we'll, we'll see. I got so many books on my book list and I yeah. they keep adding new ones every day. Samesies. And then I keep buying them and adding them to my bookshelf. And now my bookshelf is overflowing. The worst part is <laughs> I, uh, oh, this is something else I did yesterday. Um, my local witch store had a reader's fair. So they had a bunch oh, I of- saw that. Yeah, so I went and paid $20 and got a tarot reading, which is like the second one I've ever had in my life. And it was it was really good. It was pretty much just uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in your life that seems really chaotic and you just need to sit tight for now. But at some point in the future, you're going to need to make some hard decisions and all just kind of stuff that I more or less knew. But also it was very reassuring because the end point was it's going to suck for a little while, but everything's going to turn out okay in the end. So that's good. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so, um, but yeah, I went to do that and then I went to check out and I was like, I'm just going to check out their book section because it's just (laughs) fun to check and see what they have. And then I saw a book on runes that I've been looking for and I bought that book. So Uh, I just uh, heard about an, I don't know that it's a new book series. It's new to me. It just popped up on my Instagram today, but it's the. Llewellyn Sabbath series so it's a book for every Sabbath and I'm like why haven't I read that yet I need that yesterday mm-hmm. also it's like ten dollars a book and that's a lot of money so I might just buy one before each Sabbath coming up 
I always try to um, recognize and honor the Sabbaths, um, mm-hmm. which is actually our topic for today. Yes. So both bef- both currently and before we became serious about witchcraft, Missa and I really connected with the Wheel of the Year and the Sabbaths and tried to honor them. Granted, before we became serious about them, it was probably more like, oh, it's the summer solstice. I'm going to, you know, go outside and drink some wine and text my friend to say happy summer solstice. And but I mean, we, we did throw a spring equinox party senior year or junior year. One of them. I think it was senior and year. But. In order to convince our friends to come, we were like, well, it's like an ancient tradition like the Greeks celebrated it so you should wear a toga (laughs) so it was uh uh, our like witchy party but we convinced the guys to come by telling them it was a toga party yeah that sounds about right I forgot (laughs) about that until now wow and then I think oh my gosh yeah and then I think uh oh gosh I forget their name but um our friend who I believe is non-binary came and I ended up giving them my like Greek goddess costume at the end of the night oh that's right see I forgot yeah. that part of the the party yeah I just remember that we soaked a bunch of melon in vodka and drank the vodka and ate the melon and it was a very good party Sounds about, <laughs> that's yeah. the last thing I remember yep it was a good party okay so before we start on the wheel of the year, um, we're going to talk about four Sabbaths today and then four more in two weeks at the next episode because there's a lot to unpack here and we're really even still just going to kind of be going over the bare minimum starter points for you. Again, we're not experts on this and this is just a place to get you started if you had questions about the wheel of the year and you wanted to know more about a particular Sabbath. Um we want to give you that information. So Katie, you had also wanted to mention about the wheel of the year itself um, in the way that it's celebrated today, how it wasn't necessarily celebrated like that in the past. Yes. So um, the modern wheel of the year is a combination of um, Germanic and Celtic holidays that you know, we've done research and there is very good evidence to show that these were probably celebrated at some point um, in the in the ancient past. But, um, you know, they might not have been celebrated together. Uh, for example, you'll notice all of the um, all of the solstice and equinox holidays have Germanic names and Germanic roots whereas all of the cross-quarter days have Celtic names and Celtic roots. And that's because um, back when the religion of Wicca was first being founded, um, the creators of that that religion um, kind of, they were trying their best to recreate an ancient tradition and ancient religion. And because of that, they kind of dug around for some holidays that corresponded to the wheel of the year. And they manually inserted them the way they are. So like I said, there's a lot of roots here. I mean, there are ancient megalithic monuments dating back, you know, thousands of years that are aligned with the solstices and the equinoxes. Um, And those have been, so those have clearly been celebrated for thousands of years. They just might not have been celebrated in exactly the same way they were today. Um, They were also you know, kind of artificially brought together possibly. 
and they are also very Eurocentric. So um, if you come from another culture, they may not resonate with you as much as, you know, if you are of European descent. So. Yeah, but I, I part of me likes that um, in the fact that Wiccans aren't stealing from other cultures. We're stealing yeah. from our own white ancestry, the little mm-hmm. bit of knowledge of it that we have. Um, yes. And that is important. And that's part of what I do in my own practice. And I'll get into more of that in a later episode is, you know, trying to draw in resources from indigenous uh, European practices, but also there are some people who, you know, think that because these are the pagan traditions today that they date back, you know, tens of thousands of years. And that, you know, is simply not the truth. And we just want to be clear about that before we head into this. Yeah. For instance, maybe you celebrated one or, or maybe a specific tradition like the Celtic tradition, maybe they did celebrate the winter solstice, but they wouldn't have necessarily called it Yule or celebrated it in the way that it's celebrated in the pagan and Wiccan culture. Kind of clarification there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so I am going to get started with the Witches New Year. This one is probably a lot of witches' favorite Sabbath. Um, and it is Samhain, uh, also pronounced Samhain, but it is spelled Samhain. So if you've seen it written, or heard it pronounced that way, you're not wrong. Um, you'll have some witches out there that are like, it's Samhain, you're saying it wrong, you're not a real witch. And hell with those people. If you've been pronouncing it Samhain, that just means that that's how you read it and you didn't have other witches to talk to about it. So it's fine. It's also, it's a Gaelic word or a Celtic word is, I don't know that Celtic is its own language, but think of the names Sersha and Siobhan. They are not spelled the way that they are pronounced at all. So you also probably know this holiday uh, that is celebrated on October 31st as Halloween. Um, So this is a time halfway between the fall equinox or autumnal equinox and the winter solstice. It is celebrated as the final of the three harvest sabbats. Um, It's a time when vegetation is dying off. I actually read an article by Selena Fox that talks about how because of the frost killing the vegetation that death is literally in the air at this time of year. And so that kind of adds to the idea concept of the thinning of the veil between the living and the dead. Uh, So in addition to Halloween, there are some Christian or Catholic, at least, holidays during this time. November 1st is All Saints Day, and November 2nd is celebrated as All Souls Day, or um, in some cultures, the Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos. That is, I believe, specific to Mexican culture. Uh, So if you are not of that culture and you are not invited by that culture, you don't really get to celebrate it. Uh, I don't care if you've seen Coco, um, but as a former Catholic, you have been permission to celebrate All Saints Day and All Souls Day as a continuation of Halloween and Samhain, have a three-day party on me. Um, so you'll see a lot, and we probably should have talked about this before I sprung into Samhain, but you'll see the Wheel of the Year celebrated as the birth, death, and rebirth of a sun god or a horned god. So this time of the year is 
um, honored as the death of the horn god or the oak king to be reborn at Yule as the holly king. And a lot of, uh, again, this holiday is associated with death. Um, so if you're working with deities, the, the deities that you're probably going to want to be working with are Hades and Persephone or their Roman counterparts of Pluto and Prosperina. The Norse goddess Hel or Hela, as Marvel has popularized her. Um, Greek, or not Greek, Egyptian god Anubis, the guardian of the dead, and Osiris, the ruler of the underworld. If you're not comfortable working with gods, specific gods, or you don't have that practice, you can always just work with the archetype of the horn god or oak king, or even of the, the crone and the sage. So colors to um, wear or to decorate your altar with, candles, um, however you practice, um, are gonna be black, orange, and red, those kind of traditional colors. But also um, I like to use white, silver, and gold uh, to because it is a time to, to honor the dead and to reflect on the dead and silver and gold for me uh, relate to you know your silver silver hair and your golden years so those people that we've lost and then also white because it's not necessarily a time for mourning it's a time to celebrate the lives of the people that we have lost so crystals that correlate to this sabbat are obsidian onyx and carnelian and um, so you can wear those again have them on your altar and then herbs, plants that kind of are associated with the, the Wasawan are mugwort and wormwood. And then the tarot cards, the death and the moon cards from the major arcana um, correlate to this uh, Sabbath as well. So my favorite part of any Sabbath are, or my favorite part is the food. <laughs> so Foods for this Sabbath include um, squash, like pumpkin, uh, other, you know, late harvest squash, potatoes, apples and pears, and then uh, wash it all down with cider or mulled wine. To be completely honest with you, I kind of just go to the uh, wine section of the grocery store and buy the witchiest looking bottle of red that they have. If you're making mulled wine, though, you could buy two buck chuck and it'll be fine. So... I like to work with intention on the Sabbaths, um, setting intentions or seeing where I'm at with the intentions that I previously set, working on myself spiritually. I try to make sure that I'm participating in the Sabbath spiritually and not just kind of going through the motions. Again, I was <clears throat> raised Catholic, and so I feel like for a lot of years, I was just going through the motions and the ritual. So I make sure I try to connect to the Sabbath spiritually. So for doing that on... Samhain is a time to honor the dead, honor those that I've lost. Um, but also, if you're not comfortable working with death, I feel very close to death. Maybe you don't. Maybe you want to back up a little bit. It's scary for you. That's fine. Um, hopefully, you haven't gone through what I have. Um, it's also a time that you can leave behind what's no longer serving you. So a time to reflect on your past and and move on from from again, what, what wasn't working for you before. So a, ch a time to change. So when I talk about how the death tarot card is, is associated with this, uh, this holiday, death in tarot doesn't mean the end. It means change and metamorphosis. So this is a time for you to focus on your own change and metamorphosis. 
as far as rituals for this holiday, um, this is a great time to create an altar for the dead. Um, so to have pictures of them, uh, either the foods that I talked about or their favorite foods, if you know it, um, and to, to thank them for their work, uh, their presence in your life when you did know them, um, or if you work with ancestor magic at all, to uh, thank them for their work in your practice and to ask them to, to look over you and to aid you in the year to come. Um, Katie, did you have anything else? want to add for your Samhain practice or just about Samhain in general? Yeah, I mean, I my Samhain practice um, is a little off just because I was going through some hard stuff last year. And so I kind of, I think I just did a tarot reading because the veil is supposed to be pretty thin and it's supposed to be a good time for di um, divination. So that's what I did last year. Um, but also in general, uh, it's you know, Halloween and Samhain are really old Celtic traditions. I studied abroad in Ireland and, you know, everybody else was talking about Halloween and were lamenting about how wherever they were studying abroad didn't really celebrate Halloween. But Halloween is an Irish holiday and it came over to America through all the Irish immigrants. And, you know, they still celebrate it. Granted, the, over there they carve out, I believe, turnips instead of pumpkins. But yeah, it's still very much alive and kicking over there. Cool. Maybe we'll do a an Ireland trip for Halloween one of these years. Yeah. That's Katie's and I's goal. We want to go to like all those spooky places on Halloween one day. Yeah. One day. When we have lots and lots of money. Yes. Gosh. We're doing this for free, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're not experts and we're not charging you for amateur, our amateur bullshit. Yep. All right. So the next... Uh, Spoke on the Wheel of the Year is Yule, uh, celebrated on the winter solstice between December 20th and December 23rd. So the winter solstice is the shortest day of the year, which also means it is the longest night, which can be depressing if you think about it. Actually, a lot of people do suffer from seasonal affective disorder during this time of year because they're not experiencing a lot of sunlight. But it's actually a day for celebration because the nights are not getting any longer after this. The day after the winter solstice, the days are getting longer. The sun has conquered the night and the darkness. And there's also, despite all the barren fields, there are evergreen trees and other plants that are still green all through the winter. And so we see that in evergreen trees and holly, mistletoe, things like that, that are really common not only in nature, but also in our homes this time of year. So you probably know already what holiday in the secular and Christian and other religious worlds are celebrated during this time. Um, we've got Christmas. Hanukkah falls somewhere around here too. Um, it can be a lot earlier just depending on the, the Jewish calendar. I don't know a lot about the calendar, so I don't know exactly when Hanukkah falls, but and then there's also Kwanzaa, which I believe starts the day after Christmas, I want to say, like the 26th. Um, and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa are both festivals of light. Um, well, I don't know that Kwanzaa is considered a festival of light, but I know that it's celebrated by lighting candles. And then Christmas is the birth of the son of God. You know, the sun, S-O-N, whereas pagans, we celebrate it as the birth of the sun, S-U-N. So this holiday may have, or likely, originated um, 
with the celebration of Saturnalia in ancient Rome as a festival of the god Saturn. And it was celebrated with gift giving and role reversal. So the servants um, would be given gifts by their masters. And that, again, we still kind of celebrate giving to the needy and, and those who have less than us um, in our modern culture. And in the, the life cycle of the, the sun god or the horn god, it's uh, the time that the sun god is reborn. And there's actually a whole story about uh, Mithras, uh, the sun god Mithras being reborn at this time of year. Um, but I would say most of our modern traditions are so significantly based off of Yule and other um, winter solstice celebrations, you know, our obsession with evergreen trees and again I said holly and mistletoe and our obsession with the sun so it's really like one of the most pagan secular holidays they're always saying you're taking the Christ out of Christmas we're like we'll leave the Yule and Yuletide uh but I also recommend I don't have time to get in on it um tonight or you know whenever you're listening to this but I would do a little google on Krampus and La Bufana because they are super pagan-y <laughs> Um, and maybe if we get ever do a full episode on, you know, each Sabbath, we'll talk a little bit more about those traditions, um, their European traditions. If you work with deities, deities um, work with during Yule are Saturn, of course, because of Saturnalia, Odin, who is a, like the Norse father god, um, again, Mithras, because um, who's celebrated as, you know, it's his rebirth or any sun god really or just the archetype of the sun god if you prefer to work with goddesses uh demeter who is the reason for six months of cold barren land uh, because of the loss of persephone to the underworld um so demeter or even the archetype of the dark mother is a good um good deity or archetype to work with at this time for altar colors and candles we've got Winter colors like white, blue, green, silver, or sunny colors like red and gold, uh, just depending on how you celebrate and what your Yule looks like. You know, if you're living in Florida, you probably don't have a lot of white <laughs> around you. Um, crystals to work with are bloodstones, garnets, rubies, and emeralds. I know we all have rubies and emeralds on our altars because, you know, witchcraft isn't expensive enough without buying precious stones. The death tarot card is also really, um, or also correlates with Yule, um, again, because the death tarot card is about change and metamorphosis. And so with death always comes rebirth. So uh, if you, you know, set tarot cards on your altar, you can set up the death card for this one. Um, I talked a little bit about plants related to this uh, Sabbath, holly, mistletoe, um, evergreen trees, set that stuff up in your house, call it a Yule tree. <laughs> and, uh, and then frankincense and myrrh, you know, like those, uh, those wise men. Sure, that wasn't based off of pagan tradition at all. Foods for this holiday are apples, uh, dried fruits, nuts, root vegetables, and squash. Meat is also really common because, you know, if you lived in really cold climates, you would have not necessarily had a lot of grain left over from the harvests, but you might have been able to, you know, hunt and kill 
animals and preserve them without having to salt them because it was so cold outside. Um, and then also something fun is Yule cake. So make a little Yule cake, have some mold wine or mold cider um, or wassail, which you can have as non-alcoholic. I've only ever had it as non-alcoholic, but I found out while researching this that it's actually made with beer. And now I want to try it with beer, this Yule. Nice. So at Samhain, we kind of said out with the old as far as our what in our past was no longer serving us. And Yule is a time really to set intentions for the year to come. So this is a celebration of light. Let the light in. What can you do to, to lighten your life and, and sort of look forward to that? The rituals, I think, for this one are going to be really fun. Light a Yule log if you can, if you can do it, you know, safe. Fire safety is important. Or like I said, make a Yule cake or decorate a Yule tree. When people come over and they're like, you're not even Christian. Why do you have a Christmas tree? Be like, excuse me, that's a Yule tree. It dates back to egg, ancient pagan or, or ancient Celtic traditions. <laughs> All right, Katie, do you have any other Yule practices? I know it gets snowy where you live, so you mm -hmm. probably experience Yule a little differently than I do. Yeah, so for me... Um... I, I don't know. First of all, I want to say that Christmas is hella pagan with Christmas trees and all that. So <laughs> if you have family members that celebrate Christmas or if it is still important for you to celebrate Christmas, there's no shame in that because it's really like there's a dude who comes down a chimney and gives you presents and you bring a live tree into your living room and decorate it. It's still very, very pagan. Um, but also, I mean, some of the things I do, um, so I live in Colorado and it is very snowy that time of year. I also keep doing this thing where I'm outdoors all summer and then it starts to get a little cooler. So I spend more time inside, but then I start spending too much time inside and I start going stir crazy. So something I am trying to do more often is uh, get out. Um, I bought some micro spikes or a couple years ago and now I try to do winter hiking, which in my opinion, Oh my gosh, of course you do. I know it's so underrated because you can work really hard, but you don't get overheated because you're, you know, as long as you have breathable stuff, like the heat just comes off you. And also like Colorado's gotten really overpopulated and a lot of popular trails now are impossible to hike without being in a conga line. But if you hike them in the winter, there's nobody else there and it's actually really lovely. So Yeah. That's I'll have to believe you on that one. I'm not yeah. up for hiking in the snow just yet. I'm barely up for hiking like on a flat trail. So <laughs> yeah, well, teach their own. But yeah, I know. So, but yeah, it's nice. And it's also nice to know that it's going to start getting a little bit lighter as going forward. But still, it's, you know, it's weird when it's dark when you get to work and it's dark when you get out of work. So yeah. Yeah, that can be really depressing. Um but, but again, that's why the winter solstice is so nice because you know that, but again, it's not getting any darker than this from now on. It's, it's going to be lighter outside and we're going to, we're going to see some, some more sunshine, hopefully. I don't know about, you know, if you live in a really bad weather, you might never see sunshine, but so the next Sabbath uh, on the wheel of the year is celebrated on February 1st and is known by two different names. Um, the first is, well, I'm going to pronounce it to you the way I've seen it pronounced on the internet, but I don't know that I've ever had a conversation with anyone about it. Um, so the internet says to pronounce it 
in bulk, but it's spelled in bulk. And I think that that's probably one of the reasons that a lot of people pronounce it Candlemas or Candlemas, um, which is actually the more Christian name for it. Um, but it is the time, the midpoint between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. It is agriculturally a time when planting can begin. Um, and the, the term Imbolg um, might also be based on another Celtic word that directly, uh, directly translates to use milk, because this is the time of the year when the ewes start lactating. So um, if your harvest reserves are gone, you know, you haven't had a lot of food during the winter, you can now have dairy because you can now make, you know, cheese and, and milk and other dairy products unless you're Katie, because Katie cannot eat dairy. Yes, I resent all of this that was just said. <laughs> I'm glad I took this holiday then. Yeah. So the secular and religious correspondences to this holiday are Groundhog Day, which is such like a weird holiday that we celebrate every year that doesn't mean anything to anyone. Um but it is super pagan in nature. Like we're asking an animal to divine whether or not we have six weeks of winter left. And we just all celebrate it as, you know, United States culture. I don't know that it's celebrated outside of the U.S. Um, but we uh, we celebrate that. And then Imulg is also, at least in the Celtic tradition, celebrated as the feast of the goddess Brigid. And Katie, do you actually know, because you know more Gaelic than I do, it's spelled Bridget with a D. Is it pronounced just Bridget? No, it's Bridget. They just... Is it? Okay, because I know. Yeah. Well, I know, oh. like, Patrick in, like, Irish Gaelic mm-hmm. is spelled with a G at the end, so... Yeah, I know and... Maybe the D at the end was with a T. Yeah, and Owen in Gaelic is spelled E-O-I-N or something. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Gaelic spellings are interesting. That's one of the cool things if you go to Ireland is that um, as a part of them trying to reclaim their heritage because their culture was also wiped out by the English. So they um, all of their signs are in Irish and English. And But if you read them, you're like, how, how does that say Dublin? I don't understand how the two <laughs> correspond. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, again, like I said earlier with Samhain, how would you would never know it was pronounced like that unless you mm-hmm. spoke the language or someone told you. Yeah, that's actually something. So I had a funny story I forgot about until just now. So last year I was running a race with one of my friends um, and we were going to run as a team. And she was and it was a Halloween themed race like we were running in costumes. And she was like, well, what should our um, what should our team name be? And we were texting this and I was like, how about for the Samhain? Because yeah, does oh, fun. It's funny, yeah. but she didn't get it because of the spelling, and so we had a completely different oh, name. But yeah, bummer. Yep. That was it. Was a trivia question at work. It was like, what's the like? I don't remember exactly what it was, but of course I knew it right away. I was like, oh, and then um, my coworker was like, you probably know how to pronounce it too. I was like, of course I do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, like I said, uh, emolk. Um, or in bulk, however you want to say it, I don't judge you, say whatever you want to say, is the celebration of the goddess Bridget, who was the fertility and healing goddess and protectress of the home, crops and livestock. Um, She's also celebrated as the bride, so like 
Bridget is very similar to the word bride, um, of the green man or the sun god. Um, so this is kind of the leading up to the wedding of the god and the goddess in that, that life cycle. So this is really a day all for Bridget. You know, I, we talked about other goddesses. You can, uh, if you work with other maiden goddesses, you know, this might be a time to work with them, but really um, just honor Bridget. If you feel like you have to have a god, you can have any kind of sun god, green man, whatever consort for her. Um, for your altar, colors I would recommend would be yellow, white, green, and red, crystals, um, amethyst, garnet, turquoise, bloodstone. Tarot cards would be the star and the three of wands. Flowers, any white or yellow flowers, violets, heather, um, and then chamomile and bay laurel would also be good to work with. And your foods. So again, sorry, Katie, but this is a time for dairy. Um, peppers, raisins, and um, I always use blood oranges because they're in season and I, I try to eat very seasonally. So I don't know, this one is one of my favorites because I like the food the most, I think. I'll usually do like a goat cheese and like pepper jelly and then um, some blonde oranges and then probably some mold wine or something like that for this one too. Setting intentions for this one. Um, it's a time to clarify the intentions that you set at Yule, um, rededicate yourself to your practice. And if you are a goddess-based, if you have a goddess-based practice, uh, this is a good time for initiation. So um, I think I did a, a self-initiation um, on Aimbolk a few years ago. Um, it just felt right because my practice is way more goddess-based. Um, it's not Diana Quicka, don't friggin' worry. But um, Oh, and you got uh, married a couple of years ago on Aimbolk. Yes, yes, I did. So um, it's a time to, to, to honor the divine feminine and um, like I said, Bridget is the bride. And so uh, actually last year on Imolk, I got married. Well, the day before, January 31st. A lot of these um, traditions can be celebrated for a three-day chunk. So the day before, the day of, and the day after, kind of like the full moon. Um, celebrate it. Make, it. make a whole, like, big celebration out of it. Don't just be like... I'm going to celebrate this for 20 minutes one night and then my practice is done. No, like make a party out of it. Uh, this is also a time for spring cleaning. So I always like to do a lot of spring cleaning on Imolk. Um, you can decorate again your altar with Bridget's Cross, which is really cool. And um, you'll have to Google because it's a podcast. I can't show it to you, but I will post it on the Instagram page when it gets closer to the holiday. Um, this is also a good time to practice divination. Um, so Bridget's Wells, and you'll have to look more into the tradition on your own for this, or maybe we can get into it on a later podcast, but um, Bridget was associated with Wells, and so people used to do a lot of um, divination with Wells, so like looking into Bridget's Holy Wells, um, and also weather divination, like the groundhog does weather divination, so if you do have that in your practice, this is a great time for it. Um, Katie, is there anything else that you do? Uh, on this Sabbath or anything else you wanted to add? Yeah. So as someone who lives in a wintry place, I get super excited for this holiday because in my head, it's officially the end of winter. You can look forward to the days getting longer. It's going to start to get warmer. You it's, I get really happy when this holiday rolls around. Um, another uh, ritual idea that I have heard of others doing is a lot of people do fast on Imbolc. Um, I, 
haven't done it personally, um, but that is a thing I've heard of multiple people doing. So yeah, that's about it. I mean, it would be good for you, especially since you can't have dairy. Yeah. (laughs) You can't eat the traditional food of this Sabbath, so... Yeah. And it kind of also goes into like Lenten ideas. And also, you know, there's not a lot to eat that time of year. So you might as well fast for today. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, speaking of Lent, I'm going to get into the fourth and final Sabbath for this episode. I know that we've gone on a long time and all of the episodes won't be this long in the future, I promise, but there's just a lot to get into here. Um, so the final one that I'm going to be talking about before we move into the ones that Katie researched for us next or in two weeks is Ostara or the spring or vernal equinox. Um, this is between March 20th and 23rd. And it is the time when the day and the night are equal if you're on the equator anyway, but that's the base of the word equinox is an equal day and night. Um, and it is celebrated as the first day of spring. So you probably are already familiar with it. Again, all of these holidays, save for maybe one, correlate to something that we celebrate and practice um, in secular culture. So during this time of year, we also celebrate Easter, um, which Easter is so pagan. It's even more pagan than Yule. Can we just talk about how the date for Easter is decided? Because I never knew this growing up and I learned it as an adult and I was like, yep, that makes sense. So Easter is celebrated on the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. That's how they decide when Easter is. Yeah. And also the fact that there's bunnies and eggs and stuff totally doesn't have anything to do with, uh, yeah. I remember asking my mom as a kid how that related to Jesus. And I was like, is it because, you know, Jesus died, but he's going to be reborn and eggs and bunnies are a symbol of fertility. And she's like, yeah, sure. Okay. uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Um, the spring equinox is also celebrated as the Iranian new year, um, which I didn't know until recently, although it is in, um, Gabby Hurstick's book. I I read that again today while I was kind of looking through her book some more. And then Passover is during this time of year. I don't know again enough about the Jewish calendar to figure out exactly when they know when to put Passover. I think it's in the 15th month of the Jewish calendar, but again, I, that's all I know. I know it usually correlates somewhere around Easter. Okay, so in the uh, cycle of the, the life and death and marriage of uh, and, and goddess, the spring equinox is the marriage, the wedding of the maiden goddess of fertility and renewal to the sun god. Um, so that's kind of, again, is at Emolk, um, she was the bride. And then now we're at the wedding. I don't really know how these six weeks goes by between her being a bride and and a wife, but um, so this is a time to celebrate wives, but also moms because it's a a fertility holiday. Um, So if you're working with deities, you can work with any maiden fertility or mother goddess um, like Venus, Freya, Artemis. Um, Ostara was, I believe, a Saxon god or a Germanic god. um, And she has a counterpart whose name I can't pronounce. I want to say it's something like Astra, but that's not a language that I speak. It's like old German. My middle English and old English, fine. My German, not so great. My old German, really bad. <laughs> um, but uh, mother goddesses like Isis, Diana, and Freya are also appropriate to work with. 
Um, if And then again, the, the sun god, whatever god you work with. I don't have a really god-based practice, so um, I haven't done a lot of research into the gods that correlate with each Sabbath. Um, for your altar, um, any pastel color. I mean, you've, you've been to Easter, maybe, maybe you haven't, maybe you're a part of a culture that doesn't celebrate Easter, but maybe you've seen it on TV. Um, pastels, your light blues and lavenders and yellows, um, your light greens, things like that. Your rose quartz, amethyst, moonstone, crystals, uh, lapis lazuli, really great for this holiday. The tarot correlation is the high priestess and the nine of cups. Um, and then your flowers are going to be Easter lilies, daffodils, tulips, all of that early spring um, imagery is great for your altar or, you know, whatever kind of practice that you have. Food, of course, eggs, 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 eggs. That's going to be your main food. <laughs> I mean, this is a time when, you know, chickens start laying eggs. And so we have a, a new source of food, or at least not us now. We can get eggs all throughout the year, but in the ancient times. Um, also uh, eaten a lot at uh, Ostara or at Easter, and I think in Passover as well, is lamb. I personally do not eat lamb. My siblings refused to eat it growing up because my grandma cooked the pet lamb on Easter. Um, and so I just never ate it as a child because my siblings wouldn't eat it and I never developed a taste for it. Um, Hot cross buns. And I didn't look into why, but hot cross buns are on every list of Ostara foods. And I always celebrate with a fruit tart. Uh, if you're in Northern California, or I don't know, maybe they're outside of Northern California, but Rayleigh's, Bel Air, Knob Hill, um, they have an amazing fruit tart. And I love getting it for the spring equinox. So the intentions that you're going to want to be setting um, and it's not necessarily a new intention, but just your intention building, your intention work, your spiritual work um, is adding energy to the intentions that you set at your previous Sabbaths. And by when adding energy, I mean focusing on how you're going to manifest this intention. Like what work are you doing to accomplish your goals? Uh, your rituals and actual physical practices that you can do during this Sabbath are going to be um, you can pick flowers and make your own flower crown, or you could just be me and buy a flower crown off of Amazon. I have like six different flower crowns. I pretty much wear one for every Sabbath and every Espa. I'm obsessed with them. I am that white girl at a festival, except for I don't go to festivals. <laughs> um, you can decorate eggs just like you would an Easter egg. And then also on an equinox, it's pretty cool to like, if you have time again, I don't know what your work schedule looks like. I don't know what day of the week it's going to fall on, but um, if you can observe the sunrise and the sunset and just think like, and that's good really for any of the, the solar holidays, the, the, the quarter days, the equinoxes and solstices, um, just to observe, you know, how much daylight and how much sunshine we really get that day. Okay, so that was the last of the Sabbaths that I'm going to talk to you guys about in this episode. But before we go, Katie, was there anything else that you wanted to add about Astara? No, just that... Um... I know this is something I'm going to talk about a little bit in the next episode, but uh, Colorado is in a high altitude. So even though this is the time of year where we start getting um, what I call our, you know, crazy spring where one week it's going to be 70 degrees and act like it's summer and the next week it's going to be snowy and 
still, you know, we get the most snow in March and April, and that's because we are a high alpine desert, um, and yay, but yeah, so (laughs) this isn't quite like spring, spring to me, like you're talking about going out and picking flowers, and we can't really do that, but it's, it is still, you know, the turning point, it's going to continue to get warmer, it's the start of the warmer seasons, and yeah, that's, uh, that's about it for me, so. Cool, so again, we're, there's four more spokes on the wheel of the year, holidays, Sabbaths during the wheel of the year. We've already talked to you for a really long time tonight. So we're going to, it's tonight for us. I don't know what time of day it is for you listening. So we're going to be doing the next four Sabbaths or Katie's going to be talking about the next four Sabbaths in our episode that comes out in two weeks. Um, Again, after these two, the future episodes hopefully won't be this long, but there's so much to talk about. And we really just break the surface of the Sabbaths tonight. There's so much to talk about. Again, Llewellyn, and I haven't read them, so they might be terrible, but it has a book for each individual Sabbath. So if you want to know more about them, there's a lot of research to be done. This is just kind of a kicking off point for you. And we aren't experts at any of this. This isn't our profession. We're not professional witches. So if we got something way wrong, if you think, no, that is not what you should be doing for Emolk, you should be doing it this way. Um, again, let us know, you know, send us a nice, you know, email or hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, let us know if, if you have a disagreement. Um, but also remember that magic can be practiced whatever way you want to practice it. It's not set in stone. This isn't a, a dogmatic tradition. So really whatever feels comfortable to you, whatever resonates with you is the way that you should be celebrating it. So these are the ways that we celebrate, but it's not necessarily going to be the way for everyone. All right. Yeah. Anything else today, Katie? No, that's it. I just want to say thanks for listening to us. Um, we are a bi-weekly podcast. So we'll be out next Monday or not next Monday in two Mondays. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at baby, pod same on Twitter. And you can email us any questions or concerns that you have at uh, a at gmail.com. Perfect. All right. We'll talk to you later.